Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Take your copy of God's Word and turn to Psalm 100. We're going to jump in quick this morning. Uh, so grateful that uh, our God never changes, right? That He is always faithful and His love endures forever. As we jump in this morning. You may have seen the picture on uh, the front of the bulletin today. And as I was looking at that picture, I was reminded that so many times uh, as I'm traveling out of town or maybe I've uh, been gone for a week and all of a sudden I come back into the mountains that all of a sudden I'm taken back by the awe of the beauty of God's creation. I'm taken back uh, by just the beauty of these mountains in the distance. And, And as I think about those things, I'm reminded that because of their familiarity, that sometimes I can kind of just get used to it. They can lose that uh, sense of, of awe as I look and, and just rejoice in God's creation. I one day want to go out west, and I've heard people talk about uh, Old Faithful. Some of you, how many of you have seen uh, Old Faithful? You've seen that geyser, and it's, it's one of uh, five geysers that it's my understanding that is predictable. And, and over like 30 years, it's only gained like 30 minutes between uh, these eruptions, and they're able to predict uh, this geyser, and just the the beauty of it is amazing from all that I've heard. But there's been something interesting when people go and see this geyser. They've shared that there's something that takes place there uh, because it's unfamiliar, and they're there uh, as a guest. And they go and they look, and and when that geyser erupts, right there's uh, just a sense of awe among the people there. But for the workers, for those that are kind of around all the time, there's a sense of familiarity and they don't even look up. And as we come together in worship today, as we dig into the word of God, it is my hope that God would renew in us a sense of awe in his glory, that we might uh, be a people that would... uh, be reminded, right, of the faithfulness of God and that every person under the sound of my voice, those that are gathered online, that we might shake off any familiarity of his goodness and his greatness that might cause us to not look up and worship the one true God. My dad used to tell me, don't look and don't act like those hogs, right? We'd go feed those hogs. I've shared with, uh, this with you before, but we'd go feed those old hogs and he'd say, don't be like them. Uh, we'd dump in their food and they'd never look up to see where it came from. And we don't want to be a people like that. May we uh, reduce Rejoice in our great God. He is faithful. His promise is secure. And God has been so faithful to us. In Psalm 100, we see these commands, right? That we're to shout, that we're uh, to enter, right? That we're to serve, that we're to know. We're going to see those kind of commands. And all of those are in response to verse 5. We'll get there in a few minutes, but it says, for uh, the Lord is faithful, right? And we want to look this morning, right, at his faithfulness. In response to his faithfulness, we're going to see some things in Psalm 100 that we are to do as his people, uh, as we uh, respond to the faithfulness of our great God. Uh, The first thing I want you to see this morning is in response to his faithfulness, we worship with abandonness. In response to his faithfulness, we worship with 
abandoned us. Now, when I typed in that word, my computer didn't like it, and it put a little uh, underline under that, and I tried to kind of right-click it and let it correct that word, but evidently it was not in the dictionary because it only gave me one option for abandonment, and that was to add to my dictionary. And so I just right-clicked it and said, okay, you know what, I'm going to add that to my dictionary. And I hope that today the people of God would add that to their dictionary, that they would add that uh, to something that would be part of our lives. We see in Psalm 100 verse 1, it says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Now, the, the verb used in the Hebrew is strongly vocal. It is not this picture of us coming uh, with our hands in our pockets and standing and somehow lackadaisically walking through worship. It is a picture of us with all that we have and all that we are, uh, that we might worship the one true God, that we might come before him. We are called as his people to shout for joy. And here's the thing. When God's people rejoice, there's this picture of us worshiping him with all that we have and inviting the earth to join in his praise, right? We uh, see nothing uh, polite or dignified about this. We see nothing uh, about this that is, we, we hear the word proper sometimes and we think about this way that we're supposed to look in front of other people. But I want you to understand something proper worship to our Lord is an ab- unabandoned worship. It is this sense that we are, are, are not, uh, that we are abandoned to him, right? That we are worshiping with everything that we have, that there's nothing being held back in praise. And so what is our description, right? How would our worship be described? Abandoned or ashamed because we are to worship him he is alone worthy we worship him with everything number two we see in verse two that we're to serve the lord with gladness that we're to come before him with joyful singing and in response to the faithfulness of our god in response to his faithfulness we serve with gladness and we see this word serve the Lord with gladness and some of your translations may use the word worship and the reality is that our English translations are not able to do this word justice. It is the Hebrew word avad and it is this picture that we would uh, understand by best combining these two words together, worship and service. And there's this, uh, this picture that we would be filled with love for our God, that we would be in response to his mercy and his grace in our life, that we would be so filled with love for him that regardless of what he asks us to do, that we would do it with gladness. The word that uh, describes this is mirth. We don't hear this word very much, but it is this picture of a joy that is radiating within us, this wide-eyed, big-grinned kind of response, something like a kid getting a puppy. I don't know if you've ever uh, given your kids something that they've been wanting for a long time, and, and there's this rejoicing in them. There's this happiness in them. There's this gladness in them that is much greater than anything uh, that, that you could describe just with your face. It's like they move with their whole body because there's such a gladness in them, and there's this reality that that we're to be a people that serve him with gladness that there's to be a joy in us right we uh, don't got to go to church right we hear some people say well you know what Uh, my kids uh, you know I've heard kids say well you know we've got to go to church on Sunday or we've got to do this or that but I want you to understand something we get to go to church and we get to serve our great God and and our perspective is that when we are are serving him in whatever way he would ask us that there's a joy in us a gladness and I'm so grateful right for a people of God here that serve the Lord with gladness with joy uh, that come together and serve him in that way. Generations of families have committed to the mission of Christ here in this place. And we see in this local body of believers, right, for his glory, that mission has not changed. 
In our history, we read of Reverend Humphrey Posey and Reverend Stephen White that they uh, came and planted this church in 1828. There was a vision that they had to establish a fellowship in an area fertile for cultivation. Posey was a missionary taking the gospel to the people of Cowie Valley. But I want you to know God was doing something greater than they could imagine. And I believe as we gather today, as we come and worship our great God, that he desires to do something greater than what we could ever imagine. God birthed this church in 1828. And he knew about us. Uh, This Wednesday, I had the privilege of going out with some of you students. And what a joy it was to me to be able to go into this community. And so rather than coming here and worshiping in this building that sometimes is referred to as the church, and I remind you often, right, welcome church. We are the church and we go out as his church on mission for the glory of his name. And I had the joy of being with these students as they uh, gave flowers to people, as they served people, as they paid for laundry and laundromats, as they washed cars, and they declared the goodness of our God. They declared uh, the testimony of his work in their lives. I want you to know that in those moments, right in 1828, God knew about those right people that would serve the Lord and that would go all in for the glory of his name. In 1953, there were people that mortgaged their homes uh, so that some of our buildings could be built. There were things that took place in our midst, right? This bet the farm kind of faith that generations had before us. Harvey Fouts said this to me a couple of years ago, and I I saved his quote. He said, the past generations invested their scarce funds into the future with trust that God's will be manifested into future missions and ministry. That is, to us, the present generation, we are the answer to their prayers. We're to serve the Lord with gladness, and we're to be excited, right, that we have the privilege, we have access to the very throne room of heaven, right? He said, serve the, jo- serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And in response to his faithfulness, we come before him with boldness. Hebrews 4.16 says, therefore, let us draw near with boldness or with confidence to the throne of grace that we might find mercy and that we might find grace to help in the time of need. I'm so thankful that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And we have the privilege to approach God in worship. It's not because of our good, but because of the blood of Christ. We lift our voices joyfully. We draw near to him. Verse three says, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And in response to his faithfulness, we trust his goodness. We saw these commands, right? That we shout, that we Come, right, that we worship our great God. And all of them ride on the central command in this text. And the central command is that we would know him, right? This command of devotion and trusting him fully. We are his people. We are reminded that it is uh, he who made us, that we are his people, that we belong to him. The Lord is our shepherd. And in his hands, we know that we receive perfect care. We know that in his hands, right, we say the Lord is our shepherd, right? We shall not want. We have everything that we need. We worship him. We sing to him. Everything that we do when we gather as his people is about him. We lift higher voices and we praise him because it is all about him. Verse four, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. In response to the faithfulness of our great God, we live with 
thankfulness. These words, they, they give us this picture of access to the temple. That They speak clearly, right? They, this was the place that they believed the presence of God dwelled. And the outer courts, the inner courts, this invitation, right, into his presence. And the scripture says, this is how we enter into the presence of God, with the right attitude, with grateful hearts for what God has done for us. Bill said, listen, we want to know what the will of God for us. He, in, he talked about it in the very beginning uh, of his sharing today. He said, if you want to know what the will of God for you, he says, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, that we would give thanks, right? That we would rejoice in the hard times, that we would rejoice in the good times because we know that our great God is good in the midst of all those times. We are his people. Major Ian Thomas said this, if in any situation you're not prepared to give thanks, you are out of the will of of God. How is our attitude? How is it that we approach the very throne of heaven? Is it with gratefulness? Is it with an attitude of gratitude? Is it with a complaining spirit? How is it? And we do that. Why would we approach the throne that way? Why would we live our lives filled with thankfulness? Why would we do all of these things? Why would we worship in the way that we do? Why would we lift a shout of praise to our God? And look at verse 5. It's not because of the circumstances around us. It's not because of the things going on uh, in the midst of our lives in that moment. But it is because we have a God who is over all the circumstances. A God who in the midst of everything is good. A God who causes all things to work together for his glory. Right? We see a God who is working all things together for our good and for his glory. A God who is with us in the midst of every moment. He is faithful. Verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. We worship with abandonment. We approach his throne with thankfulness because he is good. His love endures and he is forever faithful. Greatness, great is the goodness of God. That's who he is. Yes, great is his grace, great is his mercy, great is his love. In Lamentations 3, we see in the midst of a time of lament, a time of complaining to the Lord, that there's this reminder that this is the reason that we live. This is the reason that we rejoice. And he says, the Lord's loving kindness in verse 22, indeed never ceases for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his goodness. You know, I had the privilege of being with two families experiencing tremendous loss in the last week. And in those moments, there was worship. There was gratefulness. You know, I look at the Pitts family and they say, you know what? We're grateful for every minute that we had with our son. We're to live in that kind of gratefulness. Terry said, I was grateful for that hour that I held my son. And we rejoice that moments like this are not the end. And we declare, God, great are you. Great is thy faithfulness. There's worship in those moments. I was with the Carry On family, and I was with Sue and, and Willie, and we were sharing, and they, they shared a, a song that they had heard that had meant something to them. And we were gathered in their living room, and they had lost their son. And we gathered in that living room, and as we listened to the words of that song, they lifted their hands in praise to a God who is faithful regardless of the circumstances that we're in, a God who is faithful and is with us in the midst of everything we face. And the, the words of that song that we listened to, it said, let the pastor remind me that you never fail. Tell my soul, it is well. And God's faithfulness in the past, we can trust him with our future. 
So as we gather, Dennis Tucker wrote this about Psalm 2, and I love that he said, we stand our hands in our pockets, mumbling words with little thought or conviction, and such behavior casts our love for God in a very poor light. Is our love for Jesus so weak that we are too shy or inhibited to shout for joy to the Lord and to call everyone else in this world to do the same? We need to add abandonment to our dictionary. We need to be a people. You know, I can remember sometimes I would gather and I'd say, you know what, I don't, I don't know. You'd see people worshiping freely. You'd see people lifting their hands in praise. You know, Kevin showed me this week. I told him, I said, you know, it's been a blessing to me. I sometimes sit behind them and I would see them lift their hands in praise to the Lord as they walk through this difficult time. And we've trusted and we, we believe that God could do anything he desired in the midst of that. And we trusted in God. And I would see them lift their hands. And Kevin said, you know, he said, some of those mornings, he said, it was hard to lift my hands in praise. But he said, once I did. And once we did, he said, there was something happening that God blessed us. And we, we listen, when we worship him and when we praise him, God has given these songs. Jack Dillard, we sung, how great is our, we sung, how great thou art in our early service. And, and as we uh, sung and lifted those words, you know, God gives those words to me and they write those words. And then we have the privilege of coming together and singing those back to him. We have the privilege of coming together and worshiping a God who is faithful, a God who says that there's nothing that can separate us from our love, neither height nor depth nor angels nor principalities nor, nor things present nor things to come that nothing could separate us from the love of God. And man, we sometimes get in these places and we're so familiar with the words and somehow we're, we think we're singing in response to something on a screen or with a band or with a, a choir with all those things but I want you to understand that we're approaching the very throne room of heaven through the blood of Christ and then we have the privilege right we have the blessing because of what Jesus did on the cross that you and I have been given access to the very presence of God and when we do I don't want us to sit with our hands in our pockets and our, our lips with things with lunch on our brains but that we might lift our hands and lift our voices with praise to the king of kings and then lord of lords the one who is worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship who is worthy of all of our lives fact is the apostle paul wrote in, in the book of romans and he said this in romans 12 he said i beseech you therefore brethren he said i beg of you he said i urge you he said i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god he said in light of all that jesus has done on the cross in light of all of my sin and all of my shame and all of my understanding of what i deserve and in light of all that god's given to me in his mercy and in his grace that what my response is is to live my life abandoned to him to live my life to present my very body everything that I have as a living sacrifice holy right he says listen stop we don't need to continue to pursue the, the, the sins and the, the, the mess of this world but that we would live our lives that we would be set apart we're a called out people we're a people that are to be set apart to lift high the praises of our great God and to call the entire earth to do the same that we might pursue holiness that we might live for the glory of his name abandon lives lifting our voices lifting our lives serving him with gladness that when we have the privilege to be around people that we might serve him that there might be a laugh in our voice and a smile on our heart and that we might declare the goodness of our God even in the midst of hard times even in the midst of suffering it was in suffering that I saw my mother-in-law walk through cancer and I saw her praise Jesus it was in suffering that I saw her and I saw that this is what it means listen Jesus is good even in the difficult Jesus is good even in the hard times and I will choose to praise him I will choose to worship him because he is faithful. The one who is faithful demands worthy worship. And there's something wrong with our hearts. I mean, we can give God a hand. But there's something wrong with our hearts.
if our worship doesn't reflect the joy-filled praise, the joy-filled worship that we read in Psalm 100. And it stands as a challenge to us to move toward the future. We look with, with gratefulness to the past, but we move toward whatever God has for us in the future. And I don't know everything about it, but I know that God desires that we would worship him with abandonment, that we would be serving him with gladness, that when he comes, when he returns for that ultimate homecoming, that he would be found right with us approaching him with boldness, trusting in his goodness, responding to his thankfulness. You know, I sat in the carry-on's living room and me and Willie were talking and he looked at me and he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, I'm not going back to Egypt. He said, and those of you understand what I mean, he said, I'm not going back to Egypt. He said, I'm going to see myself. He said, we're going we're gonna to worship one day before the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I want to challenge the church that we might press on. Scripture says that we, therefore, we have such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and that, and that sin that so easily hinders us. And let's press on right toward the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ. He is forever faithful. And he's causing us, he's calling us to be bet the farm, faith taking, faith risking. People that are just willing to say, you know what, I'm going all in for the glory of his name. Give yourself to that mission. Give yourself to the call of Christ to, to share the goodness of who he is, to proclaim his love to the generations. And watch what God does. I believe the best is yet to come. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Jesus with your life. Maybe you're here and you've never surrendered your life to Christ. Scripture says that, that whoever would believe in him, right, that we uh, confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart, not just simply information about him in our mind, but we believe in our heart that, that God has raised him from the dead, right, that we, uh, that we would uh, be able to be saved, that we could be saved. And it's my desire this morning that we would worship our great God, that we would all confess with everything in us, that we would lift a shout of praise to the God who is worthy of our praise, that, it, that on our lips and in our lives that we would see uh, this consistency, right? When we see serve the Lord with gladness, that, that picture of serving, that picture of worship, that picture of, of those things being together, it, it's this sense of consistency that's in our life, that we live our lives. We come here and we worship. We gather as God's call out people. We, we gather as the church and we worship him. We live our hands, we, we lift our voices, we worship him with everything that we have, and we leave this building as the church of Jesus Christ on mission for the glory of his name, and we serve, and we worship, and it all integrates in our whole lives, our worship to the one who is worthy. May we be those people. Y'all bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going we're gonna to pray to the Lord. I'm going to ask the band to come, and we're going to worship our God. If God speaks to your heart this morning, I invite you to come and uh, just to kneel in this altar, if, if we can pray uh, with you, for you, uh, we would love to do that. Uh, you can kneel down and talk to him. Maybe you're here this morning and scripture says that it's by grace, through faith, that we are saved. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. If you've never trusted Jesus this morning, what better day? As Terry said, that the spirit of God might breathe on you. And I pray this morning, God, that it, in the power of your spirit, God, that you might convict us, Lord, of sin. Lord, that you might call us to repentance, Lord, for the way that we worship. Lord, that you might uh, allow us, Lord, to get a glimpse of your glory. And God, I pray, God, that you, as you've revealed to my heart, Lord, that there's sometimes just a sense of familiarity that I don't approach uh, this time, Lord, the time that I get to worship you corporately with other believers, that I, Lord, that I can be approaching that with my mind all over the place, Lord. But I pray, God, that you would uh, focus our hearts on heaven, Lord, that we might come before your throne this morning, God, in worship and in praise to you. Lord, have your will and way in every life, Lord, and may we leave this place. God sent on mission, making disciples, sharing the goodness of who you are, 
gladness on our lips, joy in our hearts. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we approach your very throne this morning through the blood of Christ. And we ask you, Lord, we read in your word, God, that there were moments. We read in Acts 4, God, of a time where, God, that they were gathered and they were praying. Lord, I long for a moment like this. The scripture says that the place that they were gathered was shaken. God, that they were filled with the Spirit of God. And they went out from that place with boldness. Lord, we pray that your spirit might move and manifest himself among us in a way that would cause us to leave this place with boldness. Jesus, we love you. Have your will and way in our lives. In Jesus' name, will you stand?